Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us, but thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 13 and 14 How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I seek counsel in my soul, and be so vexed in my heart? How long shall my enemy triumph over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes that I sleep not in death. Least mine enemies say I have prevailed against him. For if I be cast down, they that trouble me will rejoice at it. But my trust is in thy mercy, and my heart is joyful in thy salvation. I will sing of the Lord, because he hath dwelt so lovingly with me. Yea, I will praise the name of the Lord Most Highest. The fool hath said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt, and become abominable in their doings. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men, to see if there were any that would understand and seek after God. But they are all gone out of the way. They are altogether become abominable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Have they no knowledge that they are all such workers of mischief, eating up my people as it were bread, and call not upon the Lord? They were they brought in great fear, even where no fear was, for God is in the generation of the righteous. As for you, ye have made a mock at the counsel of the poor, because he putteth his trust in the Lord. 
Who shall give salvation unto Israel out of Zion? When the Lord turneth the captivity of his people, then shall Jacob rejoice, and Israel be glad. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the ninth chapter of the book of Amos. I saw the Lord standing by the altar, and he said, Strike the doorposts, that the thresholds may shake, and break them on the heads of them all. I will slay the last of them with the sword. He who flees from them shall not get away, and he who escapes from them shall not be delivered. Though they dig into hell, from there my hand shall take them. Though they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. And though they hide themselves on top of Carmel, from there I will search and take them. Though they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, from there I will command the serpent, and it shall bite them. Though they go into captivity before their enemies, from there I will command the sword, and it will slay them. I will set my eyes on them for harm and not for good. The Lord God of hosts, he who touches the earth and it melts, and all who dwell there mourn, all of it shall swell like the river, and subside like the river of Egypt. He who builds his layers in the sky, and has founded his strata in the earth, who calls for the waters of the sea, and pours them out on the face of the earth, the Lord is his name. Are you not like the people of Ethiopia to me, O children of Israel, says the Lord? Did I not bring up Israel from the land of Egypt, the Philistines from Kaphtar, and the Syrians from Kerr? Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are on the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. Yet I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, says the Lord. For surely I will command, and will sift the house of Israel among all nations, as grain is sifted in a sieve. Yet not the smallest grain shall fall to the ground. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, who say, The calamity shall not overtake nor confront us. On that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David which has fallen down, and repair its damages. I will raise up its ruins, and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does this thing. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him who sows seed. The mountains shall drip with sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land, and no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, 
and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the twelfth verse of the fourth chapter of Paul's epistle to the Galatians. Brethren, I urge you to become like me, for I became like you. You have not injured me at all. You know that because of physical infirmity I preached the gospel to you at the first, and my trial which was in my flesh you did not despise or reject, but you received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. What then was the blessing you enjoyed? For I bear you witness that if possible you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? They zealously court you, but for no good. Yes, they want to exclude you that you may be zealous for them. But it is good to be zealous in a good thing always, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you, I would like to be present with you now and to change my tone, for I have doubts about you. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O Lord God, who seest that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, 
we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. The thoughts about our lessons tonight. Um, we start in the Psalms, 13 and 14 are paired together as a way of um, describing um, this, uh, this kind of prayer of perplexity that arises when God seems to be absent. And what is God doing? Um, it reflects on things from a kind of an, as an address directly to God. And then another one is a kind of prayerful reflection on the, um, the way that the heart kind of uh, distorts itself. Um, around um, a committed unbelief in God. Um, and so the, in the first one begins with a question, you know, how long will you forget me, O Lord, forever? Um, and that is, it is a, it expresses a longing of the heart to understand what God is doing in the midst of the circumstances of life when it seems, it doesn't seem obvious that, um, that one who is all powerful and all good is working in our favor. Um, and that was particularly the case um, in, as we on the eve of captivity that we see uh, reflected in Amos and the things that would be happening in Israel at the time. And so and then 14 comes along uh, and, um, you know, there is a sort of reflection on the condition of the heart um, that in of one who has kind of collapsed upon the question of where God is and has God heard and has God attended and does God care? Um, 14 holds the, that kind of tension of that question intact, um, which is the, that posture, you know, that posture of the heart. But it's followed by 14 to describe the miserable condition of the person that has kind of collapsed that tension. And as he sort of concluded, you know, the fool has become foolish and unable to see reality because they have said in their heart, well, I guess there just is no God. Um, and that results in a in a kind of uh, re progressive dis dissociative, uh, you know, removal from what is real and good uh, and a removal from reality. And then the, falling into the calamity, both personal and collective, that attends a person that departs from the way of the Lord. Uh, and so we have a difficult kind of calling in that in those pair of psalms. That it, it calls us to uh, the tension of the question to endure in perplexity when God's movements are not uh, clear uh, and not to collapse, not to sort of presumptuously assume that God is doing this simple thing, neither to assume either that, just one moment, sweetie, neither to assume that uh, that God is absent entirely from us. Uh, and so we have to, we have to sit in that tension point sometimes. Uh, Amos 9 is the end of this book, and it reflects this uh, dual image of both judgment and restoration. Um, and in particular, it's important for us to focus in on Amos 9, chapter uh, verse 11 and 12 there, which is concerning the raising up again of the tabernacle of David. And this being uh, a, a sort of a, the, the both the kind of benevolent conquest of the Gentiles. So what we're dealing with there is we're, we're it's important to see that because it's reflecting that the, the you know this on the eve of Israel's of Israel's ruin of Judah's ruin that Amos has been reflecting in the first eight chapters, we're seeing the um, we're seeing in the in this image of destruction and utter kind of calamity that is inescapable by anyone living in the land. Um, that in the midst of that, God will preserve for Himself a righteous remnant, 
And then out of that remnant, faithful remnant that endures captivity and the years beyond, God will raise up out of that uh, permanent faithful people um, that is perfected in righteousness um, and no longer departs from the law of the Lord. And what that's reflecting is eventually the advent of, of Jesus Christ, who comes uh, as the raising up again of the tabernacle or the house of David in the line of David uh, and is the one righteous Israelite after all have compromised. He is the faithful Israelite through whom God reconstitutes his people, both of his ancient ethnic people, Israel, and also the Gentiles who are conquered by the gospel, who are brought into Jesus Christ as well and are made one people with ancient ethnic Israel and are made and are grafted into that through Christ. And so Jesus becomes the one, the, the remnant of Israel that, in, that perseveres through captivity and through whom the covenant is, is perfected as it was pr promised to Abraham and it, through whom it is the, the blessings of that covenant, covenant are extended both to the faithful of Israel who turn to him as their Messiah, but also to the Gentiles who by his light come to him and come into the true knowledge of God. And this brings us to St. Paul, who in Galatians is warning these Gentile believers um, after the example of, after the, the sort of edict of St. James in the Jerusalem council, who pronounced that, you know, that no Gentile believer needs to come through Judaism in order to be a Christian. Um, and he quotes Amos 9 in doing that. And Paul, following after the instruction of that council, pronounces to the Galatian Christians, look, um, you don't like don't be brought into something that has been dissolved through judgment and is even now being dissolved through judgment as is as the last remnants of old Israel are collapsing. Um, he goes, be one with the true Israelites, the right, the one righteous seed of Abraham through whom all the covenant blessings have now been extended to you as Gentiles. And don't be led astray from that, the, the fullness of the thing into a, into, a, into a falling apart form of the thing. And so as, as we read these things in tandem with each other tonight, it's a call back on, as we enter the eve of Lent here, um, that Lent is a call to, to, a ret to return. It's a call to repentance, which is always a call to return into the fullness of life. Um, the, throughout the year, our attentions and loyalties get dispersed among so many things that cannot satisfy. And so as we approach the Lenten fast here and the Easter feast beyond, it's a call to kind of join again in the pilgrimage of repentance, to join again into this journey into the deeper into communion with the one through whom all the blessings of all the covenants is found and through whom we now have life with the ancient chosen people and with God, the Trinity himself, and that we have been, all, that as we approach deeper into Jesus Christ and as we commune with him in prayer, we are brought into the fullness of this life that all others who have been called by God are being called into as well, such that there will be one end, which is God himself through Christ in the spirit. So for us, it's a call back to prayer, but it's a call to letting go of all lesser forms of life and returning again to the fullness we've been promised in Christ. As it is Wednesday, we'll turn now to our litany for the church and evangelism. We offer the litany this evening to the glory of God. We pray with intention for the personal ministries of all who are present here tonight. And we pray for all of the parishes and dioceses that are represented here on this uh, Blue Jeans call. O God, the Father, creator of heaven and earth. Have mercy upon us. 
O God the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy upon us. O God the Holy Ghost, Sanctifier of the faithful, have mercy upon us. O Holy, Blessed, and Glorious Trinity, one God, have mercy upon us. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, and that it may please thee to rule and govern thy holy church universal in the right way. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee so to rule the hearts of thy servants, the President of the United States, the Governor of this state, and all in authority, that they may, above all things, seek thy honor and glory. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to illuminate all bishops, priests, and deacons with true knowledge and understanding of thy word, and that both by their preaching and living they may set it forth and show it accordingly. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to send forth laborers into thy harvest. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give to all thy people increase of grace to hear meekly thy word, and to receive it with pure affection, and to bring forth the fruits of the Spirit. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to comfort and relieve all those who are in any ways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or estate. giving them patience under their sufferings, and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to forgive our enemies, persecutors, and slanderers, and to turn their hearts. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give us true repentance, to forgive us all our sins, negligences, and ignorances, and to endue us with the grace of the Holy Spirit, to amend our lives according to thy holy word. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to have mercy on the faithful departed, granting them an entrance into the land of light and joy in the fellowship of thy saints. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. We sinners do beseech thee to hear us, O Lord God, and that it may please thee to fill us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit for the work of ministry and the building up of the body of Christ. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to give us power through the Holy Spirit to be thy witnesses in word and deed in our homes, work, and leisure. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to convert hearts through our ministry and add continually to our number those who are being saved. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to bless our ministry of word and sacrament opening minds to understand the scriptures, and making thyself known in the breaking of the bread. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to make us ready always to give an answer to anyone who asks the reason for the hope that is within us. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. That it may please thee to put it into our hearts to seek out and find thy lost sheep, and bring them back into thy fold. We beseech thee to hear us, good Lord that it may please thee to fill us with such love for one another, that all may perceive in our midst the presence of Christ and be drawn into his holy fellowship and service. 
we beseech thee to hear us, good Lord. Almighty and everlasting God, who didst endue thy church with power from on high on the day of Pentecost, pour out thy Holy Spirit upon our parishes and communities, and grant unto us all things that are needful for our spiritual welfare. Enlighten and guide our clergy and lay workers, strengthen and increase the faithful, visit and relieve the sick, turn and soften the wicked, rouse the negligent and careless, recover the fallen, restore the penitent, remove all hindrances to the advancement of thy truth, bring all to be of one heart and mind within the fold of thy holy church, to the honor and glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in this evening. It's a privilege to be with you. Thanks to Barbara and to Rochelle, my co-leaders tonight. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you, Father Hayden. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you, everyone.